And we are back here live with another episode on the Nothing But Net podcast. I am your host, S. Dot. It has been a very fun week in the NBA, including a very important night in the NBA on Tuesday, in which the end of the group stage has come to conclusion. We have our first ever knockout bracket to talk about. It was a very fun night in the NBA, a very controversial night in the NBA. Some stuff we'll dive into. But, fellas, let's talk about the knockout tournament today. Mike, how you doing, my guy? Doing well. Uh, yeah, we've been, you know, talking about this uh, in-season tournament for several weeks now, if not, you know, months, and we're kind of getting to the the nitty gritty part of it, where uh, you know a bracket's being formed, and um, we're kind of moving on to what would be kind of like the the playoff scenario of of this all. So it's kind of exciting. It's interesting. It's it's new water for everybody. So. Um, I'm excited to kind of uh, cover that today. Jamie, our only representative in the knockout tournament. What's going on, my guy? Wow, I didn't even, I didn't even realize that what's going on, fellas. Uh, yeah, we're uh, getting into the to the last week of this in season tournament. Um, bunch of hopefully game seven type feels, and uh, ready to get into the matchups here. Yes, basketball returns to Vegas. Um, I think this is a super fun thing that's going on in the NBA. Uh, we know that there is a lot of interest in, in in an expansion in the NBA that would obviously seem to appear to involve um, Las Vegas. So I think this is kind of a start of a new journey here for basketball in Las Vegas. But before they get a team, they get the in-season tournament. Final fours we'll kind of get into. But let's start with Tuesday night and kind of how everything played out. At the top, before I get into too many games, let's start with the Bucks in the, or sorry, the Celtics and the Bulls. Mike, I don't want to throw salt in the wound, um, but this is an important game just because it comes down to point differential, and point differential becomes like the talk of the night. We heard a couple of players said they don't like it, they want it to change, they want like these, they want to respect the game or whatever you want to call it, and you got coaches there, Billy Donovan in the middle of the game, not really understanding the whole thing and why Joe Missoula is filing Andre Drummond with five minutes to go. Mike, what was kind of your um, – like how did you see the point differential thing? Do you think it's a positive? Do you think it's a negative? Do you think it needs to go or do you think it should stay? You know, I'm all for respecting the game. The game does need to be respect, respected, and there are these unwritten rules that – I think people do have their various opinions on them, but when a push comes to shove, this is, I mean, the title of what's going on in these games is in-season tournament. It's a tournament style play. Um, there's going to be teams that have a similar uh, similar um, group play record. So how you differentiate who goes where, who advances, who gets this seed and that seed and, home, and ultimately home court advantage, um, at least leading up to the championship. Uh, it comes down to point differential. That's how you decide it. That's how they made the rules, whether you agree with it or not. Those are the rules. That's how people um, can, like I said, differentiate between seeds. And I, I really don't understand kind of, uh, you know, anybody kind of having a negative, well, you can have a negative look on it, that, but it, it is your reality. And so I, I think it's a positive thing. Um, keeps, probably your stars out there playing. Yes. Is there an injury risk? I suppose so. But I mean, your professional athletes, it's an, again, it's an in-season tournament with monetary incentives. Um, there's a trophy, there's awards. So um, yeah, it, it, all this stuff matters. And so if point differential is how things are decided, then that's how it has to get played out. And that, that in itself, that in a nutshell makes sense to me. Something. I so think. we, we saw the fouling late occur to Andre Drummond late in the fourth quarter of the fourth game. Do you think this has a real opportunity to become more of a thing when we're talking about game one, game two, and game three, now that we're kind of seeing how these points work out and knowing that we can win by 10, but if we do use this strategy, we could win by 20, but it is a little disrespecting to the opponent in a certain sense. Do you think this is something we see sooner in the end-season tournament next year than just waiting till the finale night? Yeah, I think so. I think this was a good kind of test drive for the in-season tournament and what things would happen. Um, and this is one of those things that, uh, you know, I don't know how many people anticipated coming into the tournament, but now that we've had several games, like it, it makes sense that this, you know, this manifested, this came about. So um, 
as long as it's going about where we're not like harming somebody and there's unnecessary injuries that come to play, then um, it makes sense to me. I mean, us three have played a ton of basketball. We've played in tournaments. We've played in men's leagues. We've played in whatever it may be, you know, even going back to probably AAU. Um, point differential has always been something that's been in play. And obviously, as NBA players, they've probably had similar experiences as well. So it's should be nothing too new. I think there is a right way to go about it. But if that's how games are going to be decided and seeding, like I, you know, I've said, then that, that is what it is, and that's the way. That's the way you have to play. It's the rules of the tournament. Yeah, and listen, I think this is a strategy that we've saw in the playoffs. Teams see bad free throw shooters. They get they try to give themselves to to go on a little bit of a run, slow down the game. Um, and so we've seen the strategy before in the playoffs. So I think it's a good thing to be brought over. Like again, I, you, we want these group stage and knockout games to really give us a playoff feel. And I think it, the the franchises should as well, because you got to see what you have. And now, I mean, obviously the, everyone in the world knows Andre Drummond can't shoot free throws. He wouldn't be playing a lot of minutes in um, kind of playoff situations. I think those same, those same kinds of players are going to have a tough time playing in this uh, in season tournament as well, moving forward. Jamie, what were your thoughts? Did you like the point differential? Did you not like it? Um, did it entertain you trying to keep up with the Knicks and the Cavs trying to see who's going to edge each other out in the point differential race? Well, it's obviously more entertaining, right? For, I mean, when there's a 30 point blowout and, um, teams aren't still going through the motions, they're still trying to get buckets as much as they can. And I mean, I didn't really look into the Billy Donovan, um, Missoula conversation too much. It, to me, it, was more like Billy Donovan not understanding what was going on and questioning it, and then Missoula basically reassuring, like, hey, I need the points. Um, and like we talked about um, before we got on live, like, Billy Donovan should know that immediately. Like, why is he questioning it? He knows the rules here. Um, but also, if if you don't want to deal with point differential and all that shit, just win all your games, and you don't have to deal with it. Um, the Celtics lost. So they needed to make sure that they could advance. I don't see, I don't understand why um, this is, you know, uh, as big of a deal as, as it, as it, um, as it is right now, because in order to advance, you need to either go undefeated in your group or you need to, um, if you do lose a game, you have to get, have the correct point differential to advance. So to me, it's, I mean, it's pretty, it's, it's pretty easy to realize that the Celtics needed to win by as much as possible. And that's what they did. I'm all for it. I mean, it's, it brings more excitement. Absolutely. Yeah. The unwritten rules thing in sports. I think that's like one of like the old, the old school ways. I listen, like, I think a big thing when we hear about that is in baseball, when guys are kind of celebrating or doing whatever, and all the baseball people are like upset because of this. And like, I understand running up the score is a little taunting or whatever. These guys are professionals. These guys all make a lot of money. I don't give a shit. If you're getting the beak sprayed off you, uh, then you know what? The other, that's, that's your fault. Like that's the situation that you're putting yourself in. You put yourself in that hole. Um, so I thought it was great. You know, I think well, as part of it, as a Cavs fan, you know, I'm watching the Cavs and watching the Knicks and the Hornets trying to see like, how this is going to end because it comes down to the wire. Ultimately the Knicks get enough points over the Cavs and they end up winning and getting through, which is good for them. Um, but I thought it was actually a lot of fun. So I know it's a, it's a, one of those things that's kind of new. People don't like it. Um, but listen, that is what it is, but let's roll into our first big game of the evening that we had that night, the bucks in the heat. It was a game that I was really excited for. I got to watch all of it. Um, Chris Middleton, 20 points out the woodworks. I, Hey, listen, that was a huge night for him, I thought, uh, or 17 points, sorry. Giannis had 33, 32 for Dame. The Bucks take the thorn out of their side. They get back on the Miami Heat. Um, I'll start here with you, Jamie. What were your thoughts on this game? Uh, first of all, I love how the Bucks, their offense um, ended that game. Um, yeah, Dame was off, obviously going off, but he was being guarded. Um, you know, the Heat do a great job in crunch time at doubling and making sure one person doesn't beat them. And Chris Middleton had the matchup. He had a smaller guard on him and um, had a beautiful move, beautiful shot to end it. Um, really took over in crunch time. Uh, that's what kind of we want to see from the Bucks. Middleton used to be that guy um, late game because um, of, 
Giannis's game in general doesn't fit too well with uh, late-game stuff. And now, obviously, they brought Lillard in. So with them two um, operating at a high level late in games, they're going to be really tough to beat. Uh, but again, the Heat, the Heat are so much so much fun to watch. It's kind of ended how how I thought it would. I thought it'd be a very close game, and then hopefully having the Bucks come on late, and um, and that's that's what happened. And um, again, shout out Bam. Bam just continues to um, up his level night after night, and not having Jimmy Butler out there, you couldn't tell they did not miss a beat. Um, still scoring 124 points and um, getting a lot. A lot of contributions from a lot of players. It just wasn't enough in the end. Yeah, listen, this is what they brought Damian Lillard to Milwaukee for. They're trailing going into the fourth quarter. Uh, and guess who comes through in the big moments? Obviously, the offense looks much better. This team just looks a lot better in crunch time. And that's something that really gives me a lot of confidence about Milwaukee going forward. Yeah, are there still a lot of defensive issues? Does the offense still look a little clunky? Absolutely. Chris Middleton hasn't really played over 23 minutes. Uh, I think that might have been a season high. If it wasn't, it was just under. It's not like he's playing a ton of minutes. Um, but you can kind of see where things are starting to come together. Uh, there's been moments where Adrian Griffin has kind of been in over his head. It looks like he kind of lost the moment in a couple of these games for the Milwaukee Bucks. But this was a night where everything settled in when it mattered, down the stretch of a big game, and it worked really well, and it looked really good to me. And this gives me a nice little boost of confidence here in the Milwaukee Bucks. Mike, Mike what was your thoughts? Yeah, I think it's good that the Bucks have some things that uh, are coming together for them. Uh, we see a little bit of what a lot of us kind of expected from them. Obviously still working out some kinks, but uh, I know Jamie highlighted Bam Adebayo, but I'd also like to highlight Brooke Lopez. I think he's actually had some very good games for them. Um, nobody's asking him to go out and get even 15 a night, but if he can get 10 plus between 10 and 15, um, get some boards. Uh, he's a guy who usually is, is very solid defensively. Um, I think he's a big X factor for that team, obviously with Chris Middleton as well. Um, so you hope he's on the up and up. Um, Malik, Be uh, Malik Beasley also had a very nice game for them, uh, 16 and 10. Um, I don't think you expect that from him every game, but when you can take it, uh, you get it obviously, or you can, you know, get it while you can take it, I guess, from him if he's playing that well. Um. But yeah, so for, as far as the Bucks, uh, that makes them kind of, uh, you know, that's the threat they have the potential to be. And as far as the Heat, um, not surprised that they, they go out there and battle. Uh, Jaime Hawkins is a, a, a very bright spot for them, and he's playing pretty well. Um, but yeah, uh, overall, um, a very good game. I, I think we expected that from those two teams, and I'm glad it you know, kind of came through like that. Yeah, it was... Uh... It was a big night for Milwaukee. It was just one of those games where um, they're playing a very good defense. The team that they kind of let, gotten beat in some big moments in the past. I'll start here with you, Mike. Do you think this is kind of where Milwaukee really starts to walk away from the Miami Heat? Or if they still see this Miami Heat team in a seven-game series, Miami's still going to be as confident as ever that they can beat this team? Oh, I think it's entirely possible they could still see them in a seven-game series. And I would have no doubt that... Um... That would be, I generally think, I think Milwaukee could play a better team and would have more likelihood to beat them in four or five games, four, five, six. Whereas I feel like if they get the Heat's number, I'm pretty, like, I just have a feeling that game is at least going, or that series is at least going six games. Again, it's just kind of who the Heat are, who their personnel are. Um, I think they know Milwaukee very good and they know Giannis very well and know how to play him. So, um, yeah, it just seems like those two teams, uh, every time they face off, um, despite who's on the team, the, the skill uh, disparity um, is just always going to be a good game. So you say it's going to be about a six-game series, which I think is fair. Does that mean Miami should be motivated as as motivated the, like as motivated as they were in the off season to kind of go get like a Damian Lillard? Obviously, Dame's not on the market no more, but can they go get like one of those guys to really push their chips in? And do you, if they do that, do you think they could take down the Bucks if they make the right move? Um, if they get that move this year, you're saying or the off season? Yeah, this off like at the trade deadline. By the trade deadline, uh, yeah, I think I think if they got the right piece, they could certainly be a threat. Um, but the the target here isn't necessarily right now the Bucks. I think 
The Heat haven't been playing. Or geez, the uh, Celtics obviously are a huge threat. The 76ers have been playing well, especially with Maxi. I don't know if we're going to see Orlando at a number two for a long time, but the East, I think there's some surprises in the East that are like, oh, it's not just uh, Milwaukee and Boston like we thought. Like, there's these other teams that uh, might get us before we even get to one of those uh, higher up teams. So, yeah, if they get another piece, obviously they're going to be a threat just by how how they're coached um, and the culture they've built. Jamie, how do you feel the Heat would stack up in a seven-game series series with the Milwaukee Bucks here? Do you think it would be uh, a shorter series, or do you think this is a longer series? I mean, at at this moment in time, I think this game, this series would probably go seven, go six or seven. Um, I mean, Jimmy wasn't even playing the other night; that's their best player, uh, and now all of a sudden, you know, Bam's taking that step up, and um, I mean, he's pound for pound. He was playing just as well as Giannis was the other night um, on all ends. So, uh, yeah, the the Heat will always – it doesn't really matter who they have on the floor, it seems, the last couple of years. Um, you know, they're going to they're gonna bring in who they're bringing in. they got a rookie in Hawkes. Mike mentioned him. Um, he's playing very well. Um, just looks like another one of those Heat guys that you can just put in there and he's going to um, – gonna play well so um yeah i think this this is a series that could definitely go go seven games and i mean after the postseason we saw from the heat last year yeah they missed their um they lost a couple a couple good pieces um in struess and gabe vincent but uh you know they're still they're still the miami heat and they still have eric sprostra um kind of making the moves in the background so um Definitely, I can see this being a good series in the playoffs if they were to meet. Yeah, I think, yeah, I mean, I think it's going to be a solid series. I would feel better about Milwaukee than I have in a while. Um, just again, I think we saw it in a big game, and I think that's where you got to start stacking these things. They closed out a big game, they were trailing in. Uh, Damian Lillard does what Damian Lillard does, and that's just it. And that's why you spend everything to go get a guy of that caliber. Next, let's move into the Rockets and the Mavs. The Rockets needed to win, and they were in, but Luka Doncic just a little too good. 41 points, 9 boards, 9 assists. Uh, I'll start here with you, Jim. What did you see from the Rockets in their first big test in a Game 7 setting? Um, I saw I saw a, a, a damn good game, which I think we all kind of anticipated. Um, Sangoon, they're, they continue to roll through Sangoon, and he continues to ball out. Um, 31, 9, and 6. Um, 10 of 19 from the field. He's just – he's kind of like um, – it's like a – He's kind of came out of nowhere, but at the same time, we knew we knew he was good. But right now, he is he's exceeding any expectations that I think I or really anybody else outside that Rockets uh, franchise really realized at the time. And he's just continues to ball the hell out. And um, when you're when when he's playing like he's playing, it gives Jalen Green, um, you know, he's not the focal point of the defense now, and he can go off and. Um, do what he does. Uh, he didn't have a great night. Really, nobody had a great night other than Sangoon, and you know that's why they come up short. Um, and Luca, I mean Luca is just Luca. Kyrie doesn't shoot well at all; shoots throughout thirty-five percent. But there's Luca shooting fifty percent with a forty-one ninety-nine. It's you know, it's when Luca's on, there's nobody in this league that can stop him. Yeah, it wasn't a great night for Kyrie, but I do want to note 22 of his 27 in the second half to help yep. Luka close out the game. Um, Kyrie, he just had a bad night last night. He's had these nights where it's been up and down. It still doesn't look like he's fit exactly well. I'm not going to say exactly well. He still had some nice nights. Um, it just hasn't been as good as we know that Kyrie can be. Uh, that fit with Luka is still a little interesting at times, but he's obviously passed the torch over to Luka as we all expected. Luka runs the team. Um, and he's kind of the secondary guy. And some nights it's good and some nights it's not. And I think part of that misstep maybe might be just because he doesn't feel like he's a part of a game in a way that he used to be. So I think that's just something to continue to monitor over in Dallas um, as this continues to play out. Mike, what were your thoughts here on the Houston Rockets side of this? They were they were the team that needed it. Uh, they gave it a good they gave it a good fight. Ultimately, just come up a little short. Yeah, I think it's. um kind of a good spot for them. They can be happy with, you know, the noise they've made just in the in season, but as a, uh, 
you know, as a team as a whole from the start of the season. Um, they got it, it like just an interesting lineup, but I, interesting doesn't mean bad. I mean, I think they kind of have a little bit of everything. Um, Jamie's talked about Alfred Sangoon. Uh, Fred Van Vliet, I think, albeit I'm not saying he's having like the best year of his career, I think he's like quietly having a, a good year for them. I, I think he's averaging about what, 16 and 9 for them, and, and that's fine. I think Jabari Smith probably could pick it up a little bit for them. Um, Dylan Brooks, we talked about, was, was having some games where he's, he's very good, uh, maybe even you know uh, overachieving for what we know of him. But uh, they're an interesting team, um, and, and good for them for giving the Mavs a good run because you're playing against a, a, probably one of the a top five offensive talent in the world. Um, and ultimately, I think when you have that, alongside with Kyrie, who can get you 22 and a half, like you mentioned, Steve, uh, tough to beat. Um, tough to keep up with that offensively uh, and to keep up defensively as well, for that matter. So uh, credit to them. Uh, good game, six-point game. Um, but yeah, ultimately fell a little short. Jamie, Swisher Dish, the Houston Rockets will be a play-in team this season. Play-in? Um, I'm going to dish it. Mike? Um, without seeing the full Western Conference lineup right in front of me, I mean, this, I don't know. They're cusp. I think they might fall short, but they're cusp. Yeah, I think you're right, right? Like, they still have the Clippers and the Warriors behind them. I think those are two teams that we're just expecting to figure it out at some point. Um, they're both teams are close to 500. The Clippers have been up and down with Harden, but it's been a little more up than it started. I mean, it started out so bad, so I, I don't know how much I'm really saying here. Um, but I think that is going to kind of start to figure its that way out. I don't know that it's going to give them the ceiling they maybe thought before it started. Um, but I do feel like the Rockets are going to be the first team that misses the play-in on the Western side of the thing. And it's tough, man. It's, it's really tough. Uh, I think what they're doing is really nice. And I think this thing can go somewhere in the future. Um, it seems like they found their guy at Sangoon, uh, Fred Van Vliet and Ime Udoka have brought a veteran presence. That's been huge for this team. I also think we're just maybe a little early uh, here for the Houston Rockets, but I do think this is a very good step for them as we look into their future. Um, let's roll into our next game, our last game that we're actually going to talk about. It was the game that I was really excited for. It was the nightcap. Um, we were talking about this potentially becoming a rivalry. The Kings are down 72 to 48 with a minute to go in the second quarter. And Mike, the Kings pull through. What does this mean for the Sacramento Kings? Is this them finally getting over the hump? And now they got that monkey off their back. This thing can really go f further ahead now. I don't. I don't think this game solely defines them as getting the monkey off their back. I think if they lose, like, so if they lose, do you think like it's all, you know, it's not like you you blow up the team or anything. Um, but I said when predicting this game, I think this would this would be a big step forward just for them as a um, as a team and kind of what they want for this season. So I guess in a way, it does kind of get that monkey off the back. But um, you also have to look at you were down 24 points. Like you're not going to, that, that being, if that's going to be a constant for you getting down in these games, it's you can't expect to fight your way out of all of them. Um, credit for them for not giving up and having that, that fight to get themselves back in it. But um, maybe there's some things they want to, you know, figure out there, but no, ultimately I think it's a huge step for them um, just in their confidence and for them, uh, you know, saying that last year wasn't just a mistake um, that we're here at, to be relevant in the NBA um, for, you know, several years to come. And I think that's just big moving forward in this tournament um, as well. So if they can keep it rolling, I think that's kind of the identity or the drive that if, if I'm the Kings, that's what I would have. What do you think, Jamie? Do you think this was the, this was the game that kind of got them uh, that monkey off their back and now this team can really go ahead? Um, I mean, I don't really think they needed to, um, cause I mean, they're, they're a top five team in the West. They made the playoffs last year, um, lost in game seven to the Warriors. Um, I mean, and like Mike, Mike kind of hinted on it a little bit. Like you were down 24 at one point, like, yeah, you won the game. Everything's all fine and dandy, but it's not like you blew them out from start to finish. Um, Sabonis just, he always 
struggles against this team. I mean, he has nine points on seven shots total. Like, yeah, he has ten assists and eight rebounds. But I mean, as as the second best player in your team, um, him only having seven shots and them still being able to come away with this victory is huge for me. Um, you got Kevin Horder, Kevin Herter, and Malik Monk, um, twenty one each. Um, they each shot over fifty percent from the field. Huge bright spots, and then obviously you have Fox um, just running the show and doing what he does. Um, to me, this says more about the Golden State Warriors um, to not only give up a lead, but to give up a lead of plus twenty points when you needed to beat this team by at least twenty to advance. Um, just uh, continues to to scream something is going on with this team. I mean, you get a game from Wiggins where he has 29 and 10 easily his best game of the year, um, shooting 11 of 18 and, and they lose, um, you know, it, to me, it screams more of, um, uh, negative toward the golden state warriors than positive toward the Kings. Um, but again, uh, for Sacramento to, to come back from such a deficit and, Granted, the shot that Malik Monk won, uh, made to win the game was wild and probably lucky. Um, light the beam. Yeah, this was a good call that you did pick the Kings to win the group. I This is, I don't know, man. The Warriors, I don't know, man. It just seems like the this thing might be coming to an end quicker than we think. And they're probably going to figure it out and yada, yada, yada. There's just something going on with Clay, And I understand he's come back from a lot. Um, he's still knocking 36% of his threes down, but he's shooting 40% from the field. He's not the defender he was. I understand injuries are a big part of that, um, but we still have to talk about the issue at matter right now. And Andrew Wiggins finally shows up one night. Clay still just can't really put it together. Um, and here we go again. Steph's just kind of the guy on an island, and uh, he's having one of his better shooting seasons of his career, which is insane to say, knowing his track record. But here we are. Um, but this has only resulted in an eight and ten start for the Warriors, and it's not really looking like there's a whole lot of juice here. And I'm not sure what's next for Golden State. Um, it's going to be interesting to see what they do in the middle of the year here. It feels like they're going to have to do something. I just don't know what that something could be. Um, so we'll see. We'll see what the Golden State Warriors do. Um, it'll be interesting to see if the Kings can really get some energy. Re Coop some lost or some wounds that they that they've gotten from this team. They they can use this now going into the knockout stage and maybe going on a run. And if they can, I think that uh, it could turn a lot of different things around for the Kings because I still have some my worries about the Kings. Um, but this was a night in which I felt much better about the Kings. Yes, I do understand that the Warriors shouldn't have blown this. It was in Golden State, yada yada yada. Um, but uh, we still got to talk about the team that won, and especially talking about a team that was really facing. Uh, a cliffhanger, right? Like they, if they just get waxed by the Golden State team after the playoffs and the game winning three by Steph earlier this year, I think we're talking about the Kings kind of like something's just not totally right here. But for now, we don't need to have that conversation. I think they move into a knockout stage that really benefits them. They were talking about one game. Uh, they can get up and down. They give a lot of teams a lot of different challenges. And I think this uh, this knockout stage could be really good for them. Three games in a short amount of time. Uh, I think it's five days, six days. So it'll be interesting to see how this thing plays out. Um, any final points on any of these games that you guys want to mention? I'm good. <laughs> All right. Let's move into the new bracket that we have um, with the new in-season tournament. We are down to eight teams. We are going to make a pick for each game. We're going to reveal our brackets. So the first game that we'll talk about, and I'll start here with you, Mike, the Knicks at the Bucks. What are you looking for, and what is your prediction? Man, I, I actually really love this game for yeah. Well, there's we we're getting treated to some good first round matchups here, but I, I really I really like this matchup. Um, I think the Knicks are a tough nosed uh, with Thibodeau. Um, they've been more of a defensive minded team. I absolutely you know love watching Jalen Brunson play. Um, what we need to see is Jalen Brunson be the leader of this team. Uh, go out, set the tone, um, and then who's gonna who's gonna uh, contribute for the Knicks as well? I think Julius Randle in the last several weeks have has really picked up his game. I give him credit there because before he would still be impacting the game, 
getting uh, in the columns for um, rebounds and assists, but you know wasn't scoring a ton or at like a high clip. I think that has since improved. And that comes down to RJ Barrett. RJ Barrett really has some good like bright spots. Um, when he's got it going, he he looks like a, one of the stronger talents in the league, I would say. Um, but then it's just not consistent. The jumper's not always there. I think some decision making as well. So I think he has improved year by year. So I think it's if I'm the next, it's just you know who who's going to help us get on the uh, on the winning side of this because they got guys like Divincenzo and Josh Hart that go out there and make great uh, winning plays, hustle plays, Emmanuel quickly. Um, I really like a lot of what the Knicks have, but it's tough to shut down Giannis and uh, Damian Lillard if they're starting to figure this out. Like last game against the Heat, they both have 30-plus around that, and they ended up winning. Um, You're getting uh, good minutes and good contribution from Malik Beasley, Bobby Portis, Brooke Lopez. Maybe even campaign at times. Um, so if if the Bucks truly have kind of started to figure this out, and more specifically, um, Damian Lillard and Giannis, then I just think it's really tough to beat them. Um, and I hope, I do hope, just for the sake of watching basketball and for the, and for the sake of how I, I admire both of these players, um, I really hope Giannis and, and Lillard have really kind of hit their stride and really figured things out. If I were to ask you, who on the Knicks do you think has the most assists per game? Who would you say? Um, I I want to say Brunson, but I think he's actually. I would say maybe even taking a dip. I wouldn't be surprised if it's Randall. <laughs> it is. It's it's actually a tie between Brunson and Randall with five point five. Okay. Yep. Yeah, they're Crazy. not really. Yeah, they're not a ball movement team, right? The Knicks are this ISO team. Uh, they just want to muck it up, play tough defense, uh, play physical, and that's just kind of who they are. Sorry, I had some like, like I had a commercial pop up on one of my uh, screens, so I had I couldn't really hear what was going on. Uh, but Jamie, w- what's your prediction, and what are you looking for in this basketball game? Uh, my prediction is the Knicks, the Knicks to come out on top here, um, and. Uh, nothing really other than nothing too analytical or anything like that. It's more or less just the Knicks play hard 1000% of the time. And I expect nothing else. Uh, Mitchell Robinson, uh, 10.7 boards a game. He's also leading the team in blocks and steals. Uh, The guy's just a a wrecking crew down there. And I think he's going to cause a lot of havoc for, um, for Giannis and, or Brooke Lopez when they're down in that paint. Um, I also really love Jul- uh, Jalen Brunson, and I believe the last time uh, the Knicks played the Bucks, he had a 40-piece on Lillard, and I don't see anything changing. Um, he's a very, very tough guy to guard, especially um, when you don't really have that great of a defender on you. And um, uh, R.J. Barrett, uh, Mike hit on it a little bit. R.J. Barrett and quickly super underrated guys um, can get you 20 a night if they need to, but uh, all in all, I think this is going to be a Jalen Brunson, Mitchell Robinson game. Um, and I think the the Knicks are going to come out on top here. And um, the issue is with the Bucks, yeah, they've, they're obviously better in crunch time this year. But the fact that they're in crunch time almost every game is kind of a little bit of a red flag. Um, yeah, are they better in crunch time? Yes. But do you want to be in, have to be good in crunch time every single game with the talent that you have? No. So um, I'm going to go with the Knicks here. Another yeah, ad? There no, I just I was sneezing. <laughs> that time I was actually sneezing. Um, Bless you. So, yeah, thank you. I appreciate it. Um, yeah, I mean, so Jamie, you just kind of talked about it. This team, these two teams have already played each other. They played each other early in the year, where the Bucks won one ten to one fifteen. Uh, kind of a game in which uh, Damian Lillard and Jalen, Jalen Brunson were going back and forth down at crunch time. Jalen Brunson had forty five. Uh, Dame had thirty. Dame took control of that game late. I think this is a another interesting game for Milwaukee to kind of see where they are with the new coach, with all the new pieces. I say the new pieces, but with Damian Lillard, which when you bring in a superstar of that caliber play, to play with Giannis, who's never played with a guy like Dame, uh, I, there's that change is as much as having two or three guys change. So um, 
it's starting to come to fruition. This thing is starting to work out nicely. I think, I think this is a good spot for the bucks. I think they're better today than they were the first time they had met. So I think they're going to be able to get it done. And I just think they have a uh, more, they there's going to be able to score in easier ways than the New York Knicks. And I think, it's a little concerning that the uh, – I think the Knicks defense is obviously going to be a little concerning for Milwaukee's offense. Um, but this team's starting to figure it out. And if what Chris Middleton did last Tuesday can kind of start to be a thing, which is a scary thing to say. Um, but if that's able to come to fruition, I think there's a real chance that the uh, the Bucks can start to have some a lot of success and work their way back up into that uh, two-spot in Eastern Conference currently held by the Orlando Magic still, which – here we are. The Orlando Magic are still hanging around, and it's a lot of fun. But my prediction for this one's easy. I just think Damian Lillard shows up for these games. I think the Bucks are motivated to make a move, and I'm excited for a potential Bucks celtics uh, matchup in the second round. So it'll be an interesting game, but we will see. Tuesday night at 7.30, this is our game, so I can't wait to see how it goes. Let's move into the next Eastern Conference matchup, which comes in with the Celtics and the Pacers. I'll start here with you, Jamie. What's your prediction, and what are you looking for? My prediction is the Celtics to come out on top. Um, I just think they, um, probably above any other team, have the capability to slow down this offense. And although they're not going to slow them down completely, um, I, I just think they have the best um, about six guys that you can put out. Um, I'm not exactly sure Porzingis is playing. Probably not. Um, but either way, Al Horford... Um, played uh either last night or the night before just continues to just defy time um i mean he, he's now in transition hitting threes he's down on the block blocking shots back to back he's just um love me some al horford um i just think ultimately the celtics um they have the best player in jason tatum and um I think Drew can maybe slow down Tyrese as much as anybody can. So I'm hoping, hoping that comes to fruition and I got the Celtics. I think it's going to be an interesting game. I, I do lean with the Celtics as well, Jamie. I just, man, there's something about this Indiana team. Uh, well, we know what it is. They can just score 150 on you and there's really not much you can do. And that's a huge credit to where Tyrese Halliburton is. Uh, but Mike, what's your prediction and what are you looking for in this game? Yeah, I have the Celtics as well. Uh, I do think it may be a closer game than, I don't know, of course, what the spread is yet. I'm not sure if that's even posted, probably not. But um, I do think it's going to be a closer game than what some people may anticipate. Um, we said it, though. Indiana can is one of the best, if not the best, offensive uh, teams in the league. And I, they, they've shown how, much, how many points they can drop on you. Uh, I just have a lot. I have more faith in Boston's defense. Um, holding them to a, a much more reasonable average than I do. Uh, the Pacers ha being able to score 150, I think a lot of things have to go right. Uh, I do think Jamie said it. Um, it's not only, you know, certain teams have that one guy who's very good uh, defensively and, you know, are going to mark the other team's best player. I think Drew Holiday will um, slow down Halliburton as much as anybody can, like Jamie said. But it's also, they have a very good defensive team. So it's it's not like it's just Drew Holiday. They have they have the guys that can help. They have the guys that can switch off. Um, if Halliburton is kind of cooking Drew Holiday, then, you know, maybe they do try Jalen Brown on him for possession, uh, a couple of possessions. Maybe Jason Tatum takes that, depending on personnel. So they have a lot of different ways they can go about uh, guarding the Pacers. And it's not just the defense for me for the Celtics. It's their ability that, um, you know, Tatum can go out and get you 38 and 6. Uh, then Jalen Brown can also get you 25 plus with contributing, um, you know, factors from Drew, um, you know, Derek White, Al Horford, maybe corner threes here and there. Um, did we say the status of Porzingis? I'm not sure, um, but I think we're still unsure. Unsure, yeah. And, and I mean, if he just is in there, it's just another weapon for them. So uh, I do think it's close. I do think it'll be a very fun game, but I am going Celtics. Yeah, this team met um, earlier in the year. It led to a Boston 155-104 to win uh, back on November 1st. And I do think the Pacers are, you know, I think, I think the Pacers are going to play a better game than obviously the first two times these guys match up. But I do think that the Boston Celtics are probably still just too good for them. I just want to give Tyrese Halliburton another shout-out because, uh, I mean, when you average – when you average 27 points per game, 
Uh, 11.8 assists per game on 52% shooting from the field, 45% from three, uh, and only two and a half turnovers per game. I think uh, I think your name needs to be brought up as much as possible. So Tyrese Halliburton's been super efficient. He leads the best offense in the NBA. Uh, we've kind of already touched on it, but he's never he hasn't played with another All Star yet. So I'm excited to see where his game goes. I just think uh, this is a good mo- chance for the Pacers, and I think this will be a great spot for them to kind of learn and see what they need as they continue to build this team going forward. Forward. Um, but the step they have taken is obvious, and I think it's going to be a super fun basketball team to keep an eye going forward, as this is our game on Monday uh, at 7.30 as well. So uh, I think it's going to be a fun basketball game, but ultimately I think the Boston Celtics are just better uh, prepared for these kind of situations. Although it is in Indiana, and I think that could be an underrated thing, um, I expect Boston to go in and take care of business. Let's move to the Western side of things, and we'll talk about probably our biggest first-round matchup that we have, and that starts with Kevin Durant and LeBron James. Jamie, let's hear your prediction. Let's hear what you're watching for in this game. I know, I, I think we know what it's going to be, but go ahead and tell us. I mean, I think it's going to be a good game, um, but ultimately the Lakers have beat them uh, the last two times um with the Suns not being fully um have their full arsenal and they won't again but uh I'm going to take the Suns here I just think um with Devin Booker um and and Kevin Durant playing the way he is uh the the Lakers struggle against good teams and this is a good team and although they've uh, been up and down here to start um I mean we got Booker out every other night Beal playing uh one game every two weeks um, but the constant is Kevin Durant averaging about 31, uh, I think seven and six, um, numbers around there. And, uh, also shout out KD, uh, just became, um, just came into the top 10 in all time scoring, um, last night. So quick shout out to him. Um, but yeah, uh, ultimately, unless, unless AD has one of those games where he's, um, dominating on every single every single facet of the game um that may be different but to me this is a this is going to be a sun's victory um unfortunately because i i rarely pick against the lakers um it's not something i like doing um i'm just pretty sure about this one i don't that's interesting jamie i know this the suns have kind of went on this little winning streak and it was nice to see them play some good basketball after a little bit of a sluggish start I'm just not really that solid on the Suns team. Uh, we got to see what happens if Bradley Beal comes back. I just don't like Nurkic. I don't think he's that good for them. Um, I just think they're relying on KD and Devin Booker a lot. And listen, I understand those are two very, very talented players. Um, I'm just not a fan of the supporting cast. I, I have my worries still here for this Phoenix Suns. Maybe that all changes when Bradley Beal comes back. It just doesn't feel like they're missing Bradley Beal. Uh, but that could be wrong. We know what Bradley Beal can do. He's going to come in. He's probably going to average about 20 points a game, and that's important for this team. But I, I just feel like they're missing a lot more than that, and I, 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 I don't know. I don't like it. I don't like where they're headed. Mike, what are your thoughts here? What's your prediction? Uh, I'm going to lean Phoenix. Uh, I, I don't. Again, I think this is going to be a very good game, uh, a fun matchup. Uh, as long as Booker's playing, which I, I would anticipate. Uh, I, I like a lot of what Phoenix has to offer just in in mostly, like you're saying, Stephen, KD, and Book. But uh, Nurkic just came off like a 30-point game last night. I don't anticipate him having 30, especially on Anthony Davis. But um, maybe he's finding more of a rhythm, more of a place in the offense. Uh, I think Grayson Allen does have some, some good spots for them as well. Um, but Anthony Davis, his last several games, I think, have been very good. Um, but are we going to get the enough of the uh, contributing factors offensively for the Lakers that they need to keep up maybe with some of the offensive output that Phoenix could potentially have? I have more faith in uh, Kevin Durant, Devin Booker combo um, getting 30 apiece per se and some other players contributing than I do um, LeBron and Anthony Davis getting 30 apiece. Um, not that they can do that, of course. Obviously, that's you know they have that capability. I just think the uh, the offense for the Lakers at times has been inconsistent this year and something they've struggled. It's it's been well noted that they're kind of out there looking for more offense and some potential moves in the future. So 
Um, if Phoenix is firing on all cylinders, then LA is going to have to have a very good game offensively, which again, there is all the potential in the world for that. Um, but I think I just lean Phoenix with, you know, maybe having more offense potentially to put out there, mostly in the form of Devin Booker and Kevin Durant. Yeah, I mean, that's definitely the thing, right? Kevin Booker, or Kevin Booker, Kevin Durant and Devin Booker are two phenomenal scorers, elite offensive players, and really good defense players. They're just two great basketball players. I don't, I understand the Lakers had a a game where they got blown out by the 76ers and everyone started to overreact. I still kind of like what I've seen from the Lakers. I don't think they've played their best basketball. They're still keeping their head above water. Um, I think this team has a chance to really go on a run. I think LeBron really wants to make a run at this thing. Um, obviously, I just that's the thing that he would love to have on his legacy, obviously. Um, and I think Anthony Davis is like starting to become a little underrated with what he's been doing this year. I understand that it could be up and down at times, and the downs gotten a little bad this year, but his defense – his defense has just been incredible, um, and he's right back into the defensive player of the year conversation. And I'm starting to wonder if, like, people are just getting bored with AD, and we know it's early in the year, and this stuff doesn't necessarily matter. But I think AD has stacked up a really nice eight to the last ten months of basketball, and people need to really start looking at what he's been doing. And for them defensively, I think he's just so important um, in the paint and what he does, and we know how good he is. But offensively, we just need to keep seeing the consistency in his game. And when AD's engaged and he's scoring that 26-28, I think this Lakers team is very tough to beat. And I think they're going to be very prepared. Um, and I think it's going to be another great LeBron and KD battle. I'll take the Lakers. Um, I Again, I just don't know what I really like from the Suns right now. So it'll be a, it'll be a great game regardless. Um, but I do like the Lakers coming out on top and that will bring us and that'll be Wednesday at 1030. Uh, that will bring us into our final game of the knockout stage. Jamie, the pe- or Mike, I'll say the Pelicans and the Kings. What's your prediction? What do you like in this matchup? I've been backing the Kings a lot throughout maybe early on this season on some of our episodes and going back to even last year. Uh, I will back the Kings here. I, Eight sound like a broken record. I think this is going to be a fun and exciting game as well, especially the, now that the Pelicans have a, a healthy combo of Ingram, um, Zion, and McCollum now back. So uh, that this is kind of a tough matchup. If, if those guys are all capable of giving you 20-plus um, and, and Zion's just overpowering, he's getting eight rebounds, six assists. Like he's, he's been putting his hand in different baskets offensively. But Ingram, Ingram can do the same thing, and McCollum can go out there and dish the ball and score it as well. Valanciunas, I think, just had like 20-something points last night. So they have a few different avenues that I, they could go as far as the Pelicans. Um, but for me, I'm too much of a fan of De'Aaron Fox and Sabonis, that combo, um, and kind of the, the Kings kind of revenge or um, we're going to stay relevant in the NBA identity. Um, Malik Monk has been playing good basketball for them off the bench. Uh, Kevin Herter, I don't think he had a good game. I'm trying to think when and maybe in that. Uh, no, I think he did have a good game against the Warriors, but a game recently he he was off. Um, but I, I have confidence that he's going to show up for this game and give some good um, support for uh, the Kings team. And like I said, uh, De'Aaron Fox does a lot of what I like. I think he can definitely be a, a terrorizing force for the Kings moving forward especially in this game. Um, Sabonis, I think, could have some tough matchups, uh, but ultimately I, th- I think he's a guy that go out, he, he goes out and scores, goes out and rebounds, go out and uh, uh, assists, makes plays for others. Um, and as long as the guys can step up for the Kings, then I think uh, you know they come out on top here. I'm not sure the status of Keegan Murray because he has been out a few games. I would feel a lot better about this pick if he were playing, but um, you know, we'll see. So I got, I got Kings. Jamie, what's your prediction? What are you looking for? Uh, it looks like Keegan Murray is, uh, was a full participant at practice yesterday. So I believe he will be playing, uh, which definitely helps them. Um, yeah, I'm going to ride with the Kings. Um, um, I've, I've, from my early prediction, I can't, I can't get off it now. 
Um, this is my least confident game as far as picking the winner. <laughs> the way the Pelicans are playing right now, they're going to be really tough, especially um, with this undersized um, King team. Um, they have a lot of weapons offensively, um, but Sabonis is going to have a hard time trying to um, shut down whether it's Valanciunas or Zion, depending on matchups-wise. Um, but ultimately, I just feel like the Kings have a lot more um, firepower on offense um, as far as three-point shooting goes. Um, you got Monk, Fox, Herter, uh, Murray, and um, the uh, the killer lefty. I'm not even going to try to pronounce his name, but I've liked what I've seen from him. Um, but yeah, it's going to be tough for the Kings to stop <laughs> this Pelicans team. Um, obviously, inside of the paint. Um, I just think shooting-wise, um, you know, hopefully the Kings can pull this out. Yeah, so these two teams have actually already played twice this year, in which resulted in two Pelicans wins. So you guys are both riding with the Kings. I'm actually going to side with the Pelicans. I think the Pelicans are playing pretty good right now. I think they're kind of one of those teams that are a little bit under the radar. Um, and Zion's been playing good basketball. Listen, Zion and Brandon Ingram are starting to figure this thing out. Uh, it's it's looked a little bad at times. They haven't been consistent on the defensive end of the floor. Um, but I just think that they match up really well with this Kings team. I think Zion's a tough uh, matchup for them. They don't really have anyone to contain Brandon Ingram. He's had, I think, 30 in both games or just under 30 in one and had 31 in the other. Um, so Brandon Ingram's obviously been a, a force for them. Um, I really like what I've saw out of Herbert Jones lately. He's just blocking everything, stealing everything, had 20 the first or 18 the first time they played. I think that's a guy that kind of goes underrated. And I just like where this Pelicans team is. I think, oh, there's a lot of eyes on the Kings and what they did last year. But um, we, I think the Pelicans can beat this team in a one-game one stint in which they've already done twice um, just because I think they match up so well. De'Aaron Fox is a problem. I think he's awesome. Um, but Sabonis so against Valanciunas is going to be a European battle, and I can't wait to see how it goes. Uh, it'll be interesting to see if Jonas can kind of pull him out of the paint or if they're going to just try and post him up and make him try to get him in early foul trouble. I'll take the Pelicans in this matchup. So let's fill out the rest of our brackets here. Mike, I'll start with you. You have the Bucks and the Celtics in the semifinals, the first game in Vegas. Who do you have in that matchup? Yeah, I, uh, I again, love this game. Um, I think I'm, I'm going to lean Celtics here. Uh, I need to see the Milwaukee Bucks be a little more consistent with this duo of, of, of Giannis and Lillard, hopefully performing at a you know very high level. Uh, but I just got a little more faith in kind of what Boston has as a team. I think they can defend Giannis pretty well overall. Um, so I'll lean Celtics, but it should be a good game. This is definitely the dream scenario in on the Eastern side, right? Like we've had mm -hmm. this matchup the night before Thanksgiving. Uh, Boston took round one. This is the seven game series. We're all kind of itching to see how it would play out. I think a lot of people would be on the Boston side right now. Can Milwaukee start to figure this thing out? If this is the matchup, can they pull the upset here? Not necessarily an upset, but can they win this game to put themselves in a championship setting? Um, I hope this is the game that we get. But Jamie, you took the Knicks over the Celtics. So who do you have in a, uh, what would it be? Bucks knicks game. In the semis, again, I'm riding with, I'm riding with the New York Knickerbockers. Um, I just feel like they're gonna want it more. Um, yeah, the Celtics have Nick Celtics, a. Sorry, my bad. Yeah, I don't I know, know why I said Knickbox. Okay. Yeah, my bad. I um, you know, I knew or the Celtics obviously have a better team um front to back. I just feel like um, the Knicks are are one of those teams that you know to me a lot. A lot has to do in the NBA with just who wants it more. Everybody's talented. Um, it's not all about the talent. It's who shows up, who wants it more. And I think the Knicks are ultimately going to want this game more. And I think they're, it's going to be a close game, but they're going to pull it out at the end with um, with Jalen Brunson um, really taking over in crunch time. Wow, that's a that's a big pick. That would be uh, Bucks or geez, why do I keep saying the Bucks? The Knicks and the Celtics would be a really fun battle. 
I also have the Bucks and the Celtics. Mike, I'm with you. I would lean with the Celtics here. Um, they're just a little more complete right now. Now that I think that could be very dependent on Kristaps Porzingis is back. It appears that he will be. So with that being said, I have to lean with the Celtics. I just think it fits better right now. They have a little more continuity. Um, but I do think the, this is a great opportunity for the Bucks to really show themselves. Moving to the Western Conference side of things, uh, Mike, you have the Suns at Kings. Who do you have in that Final Four matchup? Yeah, I think, um, again, another good one. Um, but I think I'm going to lean Kings here again. Um, I don't know why. I, I feel like the Kings have just this identity they want to roll with. And maybe I'm leaning way too much into that, but um, I don't know. Uh, I'm, I'm rolling with it. it. It's a tournament play. We've seen it kind of in uh, uh, in the NCAA tournament where maybe a team gets hot, they're feeling themselves throughout the tournament. Maybe that's the Kings to make a good run here. Um, and I'm not saying they're a defensive-minded team at all, but maybe they find a way to kind of keep up with the pace of the Suns, wear them down. Um, yeah, I don't know. And I'm kind of right on the heels of the Aaron Fox here. I like uh, him pushing pace and, and kind of maybe just chipping away at the the Suns, um, I don't know, pace of play and kind of their spirit if he, he can get uh, rolling and him and Sabonis facilitating. So give me the Kings. It's kind of a roll of the dice, but I'll go with them. All righty. I like it. Jamie, Suns, Kings, who do you have in this matchup? Yeah, I'm riding with I'm riding with Sacramento. Um, I ultimately I just think De'Aaron Fox is going to kill this team. Um, there's nobody on that team that could even um, come close to defending him. He's way too fast. He's way too good. Um, now I could say the same thing about Devin Booker and Kevin Durant. Um, but um, again, sorry to annoy you, but. Uh, I picked the Kings to win this tournament um, from jump, so that's who I'm riding with. All right, Jamie's riding with the Kings. He's rolling here. I like it. I like it. Like I have, game. I got the opposite side of you guys. Have the Lakers and the Pelicans, and how much fun would this be? Anthony Davis versus old team. The Lakers gave up all the picks. Uh, we're starting to see what this Pelicans is with those picks. They obviously still have the Brandon Ingram uh, piece to that trade. I think this is going to be a fun game. I like the Lakers here. I just, again, I think LeBron and Anthony Davis are going to be motivated. They're going to try to make an early statement. I think LeBron wants to play um, in the in this Vegas setting uh, where it's a neutral court, which is something that's not what usually you see in the NBA. Uh, so I, I'm excited for this matchup, but I will take the Lakers to make the championship. Sorry, Jamie. I didn't mean to jinx you, brother. Um, all right, let's move into our championship games. Mike, you have the Celtics and the Kings. Who do you have taking it home? Again, two teams that I think, I don't know, have one team in the Kings that really want to identify themselves as a, a strong, strong team in the West, as they did last year, and then the Celtics, who made it to the finals of the fallen short. So I think this in-season tournament may just be a step that the Celtics kind of need to say, Okay, you know, we're we're championship bound and it starts with us winning this in-season tournament. We're here to establish ourselves. Um I go back to the they're one of if not the best team that can get it done defensively and offensively. They have multiple weapons, uh multiple people that can break you down and play defense. Um so I'm going to lean them. Uh interesting game. <clears throat> Again, keep saying it, a good stepping stone and or kind of identity game for those two teams, but I like. Uh, I got a feeling Celtics may have more of a push to uh, get this one under the belt in uh, hopes to get to that championship as well, uh, finals, I should say. All righty. I like it. So Mike has the Boston Celtics winning the first ever in-season tournament. Jamie, who do you have? Knicks, at King, or Knicks and Kings. Yes, sir. Um, again, I'm riding, I'm riding with the Beamers. Um, the... Uh... The Sacramento Kings, in my opinion, are going to win this thing. Um, I just think their offense is is very tough to guard. Um, they got four or five options that can get you twenty a night. Um, hopefully, Keegan Murray's injury he's back to normal because he he does a lot for them defensively, especially. Um, he just he's one of those guys that can match up. He's got size, um, and 
um, yeah, Sabonis still underrated. Um, has his flaws as every NBA player does, but uh, I think we're really going to see why he's an All Star uh, in the last two years. Jamie, do you think the Kings could win the championship? Um, no, not this year. Interesting. I just think it's an interesting conversation to have. You know, the team that you you're predicting to win it uh, may not necessarily have the chance to win an NBA championship. I think that's another great uh, layer that this tournament, this new in-season tournament brings. My championship is the Lakers and the Celtics. Like what better way to start, get this thing started than have our first Lakers Celtics in-season championship. Jamie, I'd love to ride with you guys, but this is where I will go the other way and take the Boston Celtics. Um, I just think the Boston Celtics are the best team in the NBA right now. This is obviously Kristaps Porzingis dependent. Um, Expect him back, expect him to play well. And uh, the five out offense for the Boston Celtics, I think, has been a really good thing. And if we can pull Anthony Davis away from the basket at any time, um, and if there's any team that could do it, it is the Boston Celtics. And if you're able to do that, uh, you're obviously limiting how good he is defensively in certain aspects. So I will lean the Boston Celtics here. Fellas, Swish, I'll, go ahead. Swisher Dish, this means more to LeBron James than any other player in the league. This in-season Like means to him or means for him? Means both. To him, I'm going to swish. For him, I'll dish. Okay. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, for him. I mean, he doesn't need it on his legacy or anything. I just feel like got like greatness like that. But he they wants want... it. Oh, yeah. He wants that first annual in-season tournament to add to that resume. Probably more than anybody. Because, I mean, you look around the league, everybody else is going to get another shot. Not saying LeBron's going to retire this year, but I mean, is he going to get another shot at this? Who knows? Um, so I'm I'm liking the Lakers pick on your end for sure. I um I LeBron's going to get like what maybe two this year, and then maybe at best two more chances at this. To where it feels like everybody else in the top ten is going to get at least five or six more chances at this. I just think he's motivated. Uh, they've been really good in these games so far, and I think that's just attention to detail, locking in, and knowing what nights are the in-season tournament. Mike, what do you think? Yeah, I think you guys um, are probably right in that. Part of me thinks like, does this fall into the category of LeBron doesn't care that much about regular season, mostly playoffs? I still think he, not that he doesn't care, but you guys obviously know what I mean. Um, but we're not talking about just solely regular season. We're talking about the first ever in-season tournament. Um, do I think he needs it for his legacy? No, but I think that is just something else that um, you put up there and that you know people are going to use in, in these barbershop arguments and whatnot. Um, and, but yeah, I do think he wants to go out and be the first ever. His name will be etched in history for in-season tournament um, if he does go out and complete that. So uh, I would probably switch it with you guys. Um, alrighty. Any final points? Uh, I'll st- actually, I'll start here with you, Jamie. To this point, has this been a success? The in-season tournament? Uh, yeah, I would say so. Um, I mean, ultimately it's however serious the players take it and however they view it is how we're going to view it. So if they just go through the motions and not giving a shit, then we're not going to give a shit about the games, but we've seen, um, scorings that have premium level in these games and um the intensity's up um so yeah i think it's been a success michael i think jamie put that pretty um pretty good with how Thank the you, players Mike. react and we react um yeah, oh watch the ego you know um <laughs> <laughs> that's too damn big uh, but no i think honestly i i do think it's a success i think i was expecting maybe a little more I don't know if hype's the right word. Energy, I I don't know. Maybe a little more from group play. Not that we didn't get it, but I think now in these quarterfinals, semifinals, and championship, I think now is where we're really going to feel kind of that tournament sense and the what's at stake and the potential for winners and awards and this and that. Um, But in any case, yes, definitely a success. I think, you know, things get definitely uh, turned up a, a dial here in the playoff round of it, so to speak. Yeah, I, I do. I do think it's a – I'm with you guys. I think it's been a success. I'm excited to see what this knockout tournament looks like. It's something that everyone's going to be more familiar with. It's pretty simple. Win, you move on, lose, you're out. Um, can't wait to see how she goes, and it's going to be a fun way to end this 
early meaningful part of the season and then we'll kind of transition into back into our typical regular season this is one of the first weeks of the nba where we didn't really know who was going to be playing who all across the league that has been revealed we kind of know who everyone is playing now um i think it's been a lot of fun and i can't wait to see how this ends especially with the scenes in vegas uh we really haven't saw a lot of the nba in vegas but for them to have these big final four and championship games in vegas i think it's going to be a huge success all right, Jamie, sign us off as we get on started to get out of here. Yes, sir. Although I didn't pick the Lakers to advance in this um, end-season tournament, I, I still hope they do. Um, just want to put that out there. But, uh, yeah, I appreciate all the listens. Again, uh, all the feedback. It's wonderful. Uh, couldn't do it without you. And uh, we will talk to you next week. Um pretty much uh, summarizing this whole in-season tournament and I'm sure there's going to be much more talk about you know um, how successful it was and how um, you know little things we could change so um, again until then peace out Michael yeah thank you all for the continued support Um, it's been kind of a fun little experiment here uh, going through this in-season tournament group play now we get to uh, the, you know the bracket of the, the playoff rounds, um, winner go home uh, kind of deal, and you know I have I have pretty good uh, high hopes for it, and I, I think I hope there's some people that are still on the fence about this in season tournament whether they like it or not, and I hope this can sway people to uh, you know enjoy it and and want it again and say it it's a success because I know I've you know I've liked what they had to offer what it's had to offer so far so. Until we meet uh, next time, see you guys later. Absolutely. I appreciate you, uh, Jamie and Mike, for what you guys do. Appreciate our listeners, our followers, our supporters. You guys are the best. The next time we will be talking, we will be talking about who has won the knockout stage, who has won the first in-season tournament. I can't wait to go over it with you guys. I think we have a lot of fun games here in the first round of them. They only get better as we get closer, setting up our first championship ever in the in-season tournament. And I just can't wait to see how it goes. Until then, peace out.